10 years old. I looked like I was 10 years old since I was six. I think I was born with the beard. Okay, I got it. Darren, how do you add how do you add a Hangouts call? They took it away. You used to be able to call somebody. There's in the top right, there's a plus person. Yeah, but you can't put a phone number in there anymore. You used to be able to. He's coming in by phone? Yeah. Who you're talking about? <laughs> It's 67 degrees outside, dude. 67. I don't think it's that warm in Adam's house. Wow. Wow, that does a dig. Like I don't pay my this bills or those, something. This is the attempt. The temperature is so annoying because it's like, do I turn the AC on? Is the heater supposed to be on? I don't know. Can't leave them both off. Where's our chatters? There's not even one. I'm a little worried. It's not us this time. I checked. Maybe they're out Christmas shopping. That's where my wife is. Oh, is it the holidays? So this, it's the the winter slowdown. Darren, you got yeah. all your Christmas shopping done? I let my wife handle that. Oh, I well, like that, that. That's a nice gig, if you can get it. Yeah, but I get stuck with the returns. <laughs> oh, oh, that's wow. not good. That's worse. There's Aaron Sanders. You got seven watching. Oh, we're up to eight. Whoa. What's up, Aaron? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where Aaron is right now. I just added him to find my friends, so now I can stalk him. Sweet. Did you see the uh, interview of the Google CEO? No. Where they were sitting there, the senators were asking him, can you know if I went to that side of the room and sat next to him? (laughs) Wow. And then some guy asked this long question and goes, so why does that show up on my uh, granddaughter's iPhone? And the CEO goes, that's a different company, sir. (laughs) It's a... This is brought to you by Harness IPA, uh, Ben Paddle, Minnesota Zone. Oh, it looks like he's driving down uh, the the road and listening to us. Oh, that's kind of cool. All right. We're like live on the radio and he's listening. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually, I think. I mean, if this is correct, I don't... Mm. Well, um, I think we should hit the, the button. Yeah, let's start this. this. Oh, Sucker. Start this son of a gun. Yeah. All right. Let's kick this popsy. Here we go. Live from KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Episode 5 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, December 13th, 2018, and the time is now approximately 7.21 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. 
this is your host, Adam Stevens. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mark, that time runner guy, Shields, and Brian Thurston Howell-Hermitage Third. And tonight, the guest host of Arcade Radio is the digital proprietor of the one and only Phoenix Arcade, Darren Jacobs. Welcome aboard, sir. Merry Christmas, fellas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Cheers. Happy holidays. So, you know, we like to kick the show off with a little of what we've been working on. So, Mark, why don't you kick us off? Let me tell you a story about (laughs) a wife who finds something on Facebook Marketplace and sets the deal up and negotiates and chats with them. And then the next morning I wake up and she's like, hey, let's go. We got to get 100 bucks in the trailer. And I'm like, what? What's happening? And so the uh, the net net is that she found a Galaga cocktail in a Taito bootleg, and we got it for hundred bucks. Wow! I know. It's, I'm impressed. So doing a little restore on that. The Galaga works. It's not. It's not a bootleg. It's a real legit. And it's got a 13 inch monitor. Kind of fun. Let's see. And that's the end of that story. But. Also, it's been a busy week around here. I, I finally got my Joust 2 that I bought in Chicago. It was delivered at Fastenal. This is my first Fastenal experience. I was a Fastenal virgin until now. And how was it? I, I Well, it was really big. Um, Fastenal? facility, I mean, yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they brought it out with a forklift, and they wanted to stick it on my trailer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm taking this off this, this uh, pallet so I can get it home like a normal person and so that was fun it arrived and it's all in one piece i cleaned it up and it's super awesome i think i need to put a switcher uh converter in there hey but, uh, i know a guy that can hook you up with a oh yeah supply. i heard about that he's just smiling i don't know that we've ever tested that in a joust too well it should work right isn't it don't they have the same power supply it is the same power supply i've just never tested one. Oh well we should we should do that uh, okay i think mark should send me the joust too and oh I man confirm it that sounds like a terrible idea. It just got here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, um, what else? I'm babying, still babying this battle zone. I now have a rubber mat, so I'm going to have to figure out how to take the, the, the thing that you stand on, whatever it is, the yeah. step. You yeah. got to figure out, to take that off and glue it down. A few other things. Uh, let see. Oh, God, I got so much stuff going on. I, I, I bought a compact flash hard drive replacement for an NFL Blitz I have in my garage. Oh, cool. Uh, I also got that for a hundred bucks. That's back in those five games or hundred each situation from a few weeks ago. This guy's way busier than I was. And so to wind up what the heck, uh, Mark Shields is doing, uh, this weekend I'll be at the B 52 brewery in Conroe, Texas with my Knight Rider kit replica. Oh, cool. They're in arcadeology. It's going to bring 10 arcade games. Oh man. That's the, that's like the exact sound. (laughs) <laughs> He's bringing 10 arcade games uh, for the brewery. They're having a release of uh, a series that they call Before the Internet. So come on down. Come on down. 352 Brewery. Oh. I'm, I'm, I won't buy you a free beer, but I may get one of my free beers and then give it to you. So. Brian, what have you been working on? <laughs> We've got a couple projects going on. Uh, one of the things I'm actually working on is we picked up this uh, really nice Tempest conversion to Major Havoc about two months ago. And uh, I picked up some artwork from this shop uh, a little out east of here for the side of a dedicated cabinet. So uh, Darren Phoenix Arcade was nice enough to provide some amazing artwork for the side of that machine. Had that built up. 
and uh, that project's coming along. Also got uh, pulled out a flash pinball today, and trying to get that thing going. The com- thing's completely dead. And the final project is one that I didn't think was a project. I had this amazing Omega Race cockpit we picked up that worked great, worked in the shop, ran it for three days, got it back to the house, 30 minutes before the party, no more. No! So I pulled the board emergently out of my upright, took it down the hall, threw it in the cockpit, (laughs) fired it up, and negative. Ah, (laughs) <laughs> so I have a really nice turned off Omega Race cockpit sitting in my basement right now where none of my tools are for fixing this stuff. Mm. That's just, that's really sad. I cried a little. <laughs> Sorry. But you did have an awesome arcade party, so that was cool. We did have a lot of fun, and everything except the Omega Race was working, which was nice. I was lucky I had a couple extra machines down the hall to substitute out the other stuff that kind of uh, went down about an hour before. Ah, oh, that's how it felt. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of in a holding pattern with my journey. I got it back. You know, the paint looks great. Uh, I solved my multi-asteroids problem. So that was an interesting fix. Turns out that at the factory, they put one of the, what do you call those guys, sockets in backwards. Sprockets? Yeah. And uh, so the four little jumper pins that come off the vector uh, daughter board on the kit were not lining up. And so I was getting an error. So I desoldered, flipped it around, plugged her back in, and boom. I can play Lunar Lander on my Asteroids Deluxe. I can play Asteroids on my Asteroids Deluxe. It's kind of fun. So, hey, Darren, what have you been working on? Well, that's great to hear on the uh, um, kit that you have, because I heard somebody was uh, complaining that it was high score saves fault on that kit, and I'm glad it turned out to be a factory issue. Oh, yeah, no, not right? not his fault at all. Uh, I did yeah, have a little bit of a great said that. There's no. a lot of great vendors out there, yeah. and um, uh, a couple people were kind of blaming high score saves, and I felt bad for him. Well, I I was frustrated because he's in a move and I needed help. And he was really helpful the first day that I had issues. Sent me a, a replacement kit immediately. Uh, and I tried all kinds of stuff. I don't want to go th- through it right now, but but he was involved changes of underwear. Or- yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I even I even after like a week, I was like, dude, could you please email me? <laughs> but I had to kind of apologize because he's, he's in a move right now. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I moved across the country twice and that, that's not easy. Mm-mm. So, uh, you, you were saying what you were working on right now. We, we don't want to get into all of I'm this, but go ahead. Yeah. I've got, so I've got a fire escape that I picked up from Ryan Tilden. Nice. And, um, as you guys know that I just made the CPOs for that. Beautiful. So, um, in the process of replacing that, actually, uh, Greg Blom, who's going to do me a big solid and uh, replace the CPO for me, because that's actually a big job. I've had two shoulder replacements. I, I don't have much of a grip right now and much strength, so he's going to do that for me and get it ready in time for my New Year's Eve party. So I'm awesome. pretty excited about that. That's fantastic. So, And i got to make sure that I don't say the word fantastic like ten times in a row. Fantastic. <laughs> I said it like a hundred times in the last episode. Anytime, just say something else like giggity. Or it's uh, giggity, giggity. Yeah. There you so. go. <laughs> so that's awesome. Cool. Uh, well, you know, we do have other segments of the show. In- what? In- 
we do. We're not done? Oh. Uh, yeah, evidently we do, so. It's the Arcade News with Adam Stevens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, delay tonight. There you go. <laughs> So, how Logan Arcade got its misfits playing robot dogs? What the... Jesus. Yes. What the hell is that headline? I'm not even reading it. Mark, you take it. Oh, okay, I'll tell you. New to Chicago's hyper niche scene. I love to say the word niche. How about you? I hate it. I'm hoping this article ends soon. What? (laughs) Go ahead. Anyway, uh, they have a robot punk band called The Biscuits. Oh, it's a it's a Misfits cover act comprising four animatronic dogs named Glenn Dogzig, Jerry Bonely, Doyle Van Frankenbone, and Robo. Okay, I'm a little lost in what we're even talking about here. So Logan's Arcade is a awesome little arcade that's in uh, just uh, I think north of uh, Chicago. Okay. And uh, Zespi, the proprietor there, yeah. is always swapping uh, games in his huge collection, or as he calls them, hordes. And um, and one of the things that he recently acquired, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what, what sure. this article is about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got, and let me see if I can figure out what, what this is called. The uh, uh, He got these animatronics called the Beagles. They were the, the canine four-piece band that played in the side dining room of Chuck E. Cheese. Oh. So geez. outside, you'd have Rockefeller Explosion, or at least when that was showbiz. And, uh, and then that was in the main you know, dining room. But in the little side private party room, they had the Beagles that played Beatles songs. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, they spent the summer... Uh, reworking them and restoring them and now when you go into the uh logan arcade you will be greeted by these four animatronics that nah, uh, so cover misfit songs and they look like the misfits <laughs> i mean they're dogs <laughs> that's actually kind of cool it is it is super cool uh, i think originally it was using reel to reel and some crazy stuff but there's like wow uh, a framework that somebody's built for bringing these things back so that huh. you can program new songs and do sorts of fun stuff like that. That's crazy, man. Crazy. Yes. It's great. One of the neat things about Logan's is they're really popular with the fighting game scene. They have a lot of candy cabs and a lot of stuff those guys go to. So cool. when we're down in Chicago, the the guys in our crew really love heading over there and checking that place out. It's a really neat place. Different flavor than Galloping Ghost, but some really nice stuff over there. So, how many games are over there? Like, like not not hundred, not six hundred fifty, but uh, I I don't know how many actually. But uh, okay. the, he kind of focuses on a, an alternative scene to what you see at Galloping Ghost most of the time. Has some of the classics, but has a nice alternative selection as well. Cool. Yeah, he even has a generic cabinet that looks purposefully like a conversion, and they they convert it like every few weeks to something else. And uh, they use a cheesy like uh, marquee and all this weird stuff. Alternative might be an understatement when you have singing dogs. Yes, <laughs> and and there's a full bar, so that's kind of fun too. Oh, we like that. Yeah. So up here we've got a uh, St. Paul Tap uh, is uh, opening an arcade bar. So uh, the the <clears throat> sorry. 
Mike Tupa came across a former tavern on, uh, on the Avenue spot in St. Paul earlier this summer. Knew the large space would be perfect for a restaurant and arcade game bar, although I don't know what space is not perfect for that because you should have a few games anywhere, as most collectors will prove. Maybe that side of the, you know, where it goes down into the Mississippi and it's really kind of like steep, that part. Yeah, so he, he remodeled the space over the summer, gave it a rustic, cozy feel, and opened St. Paul uh, Tap Sports Bar and Gaming Company at 825 Jefferson in St. Paul. So the remodels uh, included an island bar, patio, uh, 50 games, including some arcade games, table games, and pinball machines. So uh, it's uh, not his first. He owns six Wild Bill sports saloons through Minnesota, North Dakota, Babe's Music Bar and Grill in Lakeville, and Smiling Moose Lodge Bar and uh, Grill in Hudson. So the St. Paul Tap has what Tupa calls a fun, playful menu, including customizable sandwiches and a variety of homemade pizzas. Bar also serves cocktails, local beer from breweries like St. Paul's Lake Monster Brewing Co. and Minneapolis Indeed Brewing Company. Uh, while patrons wait for their food, they can play uh, St. Paul Tap's dozens of games. Retro arcade tables like Miss Pac-Man and Mario Brothers Frogger are there. You can also play on nine pinball machines. You know, pinball machines in Minnesota have just become absolutely huge. They're everywhere here now. I got that guy a good deal on a pinball machine last week. What? Which guy? Oh. I don't know any guy. You got yeah. Some guy, yeah. I heard there was like a like a like somebody whispered in somebody's ear. And yeah, stuff. I saw this little deal for a high speed for 500 bucks. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't have any room for it, so I texted my good buddy, Brian. Who happened to be uh, sitting at a computer with the guy who got me into pinball 10 years ago, who was visiting from San Francisco just for the party, looked at the message and looks at his watch and goes, we can get that and I can still make my plane. (laughs) Reached in my back pocket and I had uh, purchased some stuff earlier, had some money left over, and literally had five $100 bills left over from an earlier deal. Wow. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. So what, uh, I guess we have one more news article, huh? Yeah, this last article kind of sucks, but if you want to read it. All right, let's skip it. You know what? Yeah. We got plenty of other things to do right now. Let's compress the show. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Back, back to the cave. With, with. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Hey, team, don't let those Libyans shoot you. Jump into the DeLorean. We're going back in time to December 13th, 1986. Gosh, I could never do the math. What is that, <laughs> 32 years away? Just yeah. use the calculator, man. Just 32 do years Just ago. Just use the calculator. What was going on then? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, because I have, like, four things to talk about. Sweet. The first one's tech. What? I said sweet. Sweet! <laughs> when we both talk at the same time, it never works. It's just sorry. Just damn it. I'm very sorry right now. It's okay. Um, Namco released the side-scrolling arcade game Rolling Thunder this month in 1986. It was distributed outside that. of Japan by Atari Games. Sorry. Albatross? I didn't know that was his name. Did you know that? No. Uh, he's a member of the World Crime Police Organization's Rolling Thunder Espionage Unit. Now they just call it ICE. <clears throat> Albatross's mission. <laughs> what? Albatross's mission is to save a missing female agent who's probably hot named Lila Blitz from a secret society named Geldra. Located in who's probably hot. Anybody in here member of uh, Geldra? Anybody? Uh, Anyone? No? No. No. 
So we had a, um, <laughs> a YouTube video with the track sounds, but I'll, I'll do a little bit. Oh, that's good. Ah. Okay, thank you. It's really good. Thank you. The best. I, lo- I like that game. Anybody in here like Rolling Thunder? <laughs> uh, it's okay. I, th- I kind of found it boring. Darren, I, what, do you, I, what do you think I, of Rolling Thunder? Yeah, what do you think, Dar- uh, Darren? Did we lose him? I hope Is he not. okay? Maybe he sneaked away. I think that it's like elevator action. Like you, you run inside the doors and come out and you can lean down and shoot. I mean, it's very elevator action. It's except for you're very big, you know, and you can know. jump. I'm worried that we lost Darren. I didn't hear a disconnect. Do you see him still connected through whatever magic you're using? Well, I had him on hangouts. I never saw him. Oh, wait, I think I heard him. Yeah, I- can you hear me, guys? Hey, you're back. Oh, my God. We were a little... Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, we were just asking you how much you loved Rolling Thunder. I like Rolling Thunder. It's been a long time since I played one. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's time for a, a trip up north. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like so, that. <laughs> fantastic. I, don't know, oh, I said fantastic. I didn't mean to do Oh, you did. Damn it. Giggity. I'm going to have to... Um, giggity. i got to put a quarter in there every time I say Fantastic. So what else was going on December 13th, 1986? Well, Steve Martin's Three Amigos is pulling its own weight at the box office. Mm. Right behind the terrible turd movie, The Golden Child. Oh. Anybody like The Golden Child? I thought it sucked. No. Uh, no. Uh, also notable awesome movies. Actually, I kind of liked this it. Weekend. Sorry. Crocodile, That's a Knife, Dundee. <laughs> that's a knife. I said it wrong. That's, that's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> That's and the very life. last theatrical release of Song of the South. Can you even buy Song of the South anymore? There's like an entire ride at Disneyland called Splash Mountain that features characters from this. What is wrong with people? I don't know. <laughs> but the Song of the South. Yeah. The commercial came on when I was seeing Star Trek uh, uh, The Voyage Home and all the Trekkies were there. And then when the song they started singing Zippity Doodah, the entire theater was singing Zippity Doodah. It was very surreal. Mm-hmm. It was midnight or something. I don't remember exactly. Man. Um, so what was on TV that same night? We're almost, we're halfway there. Really? Uh, yeah. Spencer for Hire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spencer for Spencer Hire. New episode called Shadow Sight, which I didn't even look up what it was about because I didn't care. No. But for the uninitiated Spencer for Hire, he was a super cool private detective. Darren, were you? did you watch Spencer for Hire? Spencer for Hire, Darren. Was that- I did not, but I guess what, guys? I did like Golden Child. Sorry. I, I, oh, I, I kind of chimed wah, in there, wah, too. Wah. I kind of like that, too. Really? You know, the best part of Golden Child is when he is, <laughs> uh, you know, the, you know that gold thing that he goes, <laughs> you know, no. like he's like yes. it's a record that he's, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind do you know, know yeah. that part? Sorry. Okay, good. That was probably the last movie Eddie Murphy did that was funny. Uh, I think the, the Dr. Doolittles were okay. Oh my gosh! What, I don't know whatever happened. He's become yeah, very. Yeah, he got me on that one. What else was I going to say? Oh, Avery Brooks on the show, aka Captain Cisco of Deep Space Nine. He played Hawk. Oh yeah, which is probably one of the best sidekick names for any any character in the eighties. Yeah, besides Kit. Yeah. Hawk, come over here. Wasn't there a Hawk and like Buck Rogers? That's a good question. I don't. I don't know. What well, you know? What I was always intrigued by those stupid little circular guys that would be carried around by little the, the little tiki's. Oh yeah, Doctor Theopolis. Doctor Theopolis. Well, that was Tweaky, and Tweaky carried Doctor Theopolis. Come on, look. All voiced by Mel Blanc. He's crazy. I said it with a French accent. That's the way you're supposed to say it. Mel Blanc. Blanc. <laughs> you can tell I know French because I accidentally said Blanc. 
Oh. Hey, uh, hey, Adam. What? <laughs> What's in the juice? Hello and welcome to What's in the juice. <laughs> this is a yeah. My favorite. Yeah. Wait, what? wait, oh. wait. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Sweet. This is a part of the show where we play little teeny tiny little pieces of 10 songs that were popular in December 1986. And then maybe people that are in the chat will figure it out and then we'll, we'll give them prizes. Like scoring system. Do you, do you have those ready? This, this might take a little longer. I, you have some weird songs in here. Thank you. I hope that uh, the second to last one wasn't weird. All right, let's get this first clip on the road. All right. You got it. So let's see how this goes. This one is weird. I don't know if it's weird. It's good. It's not. It didn't. I don't think it made it up in the. You're not going to hear this in an '80s bar right anymore. <laughs> well, I don't. Know. Really? No. Oh, no. I think I love this song. Really? Yeah. Why don't you marry it. Here we Dave go. Dave from Buffalo says Aaron Gray was awesome. It's funny how Dave from Buffalo sourced most of those. Uh, <laughs> the game, like that. What was the game that you just made the control panel overlay for, Darren? Um, Fire House. Fire. Firestorm. Fire escape. Yes, that's it. All right, here we go. First clip is. It's actually the second clip. Okay. Yes. Oh, well, that's okay. They're out of order. Oh, that's okay. You did it. And well, here we go. Word up. Wow. Done. Wait a minute. We got a new guy. <laughs> Who's that? Besidden and. Bison Bend? Besedin Bend? Besiden Bend? That sounds... Bend. Nailed it. Yeah, Congratulations, Besiden Bend. I Brett. Brett. <laughs> oh, hey, Brett. Uh, I was going to call you Dolly. Welcome to the show. But I guess I don't have to do that now. So You've got a full point. You're in the lead. <laughs> you know what you get uh, as a result of winning this? A pat on the back and a hearty hi-ho. Here at Arcade Radio, we like to... Make sure you win yeah. lots of Make sure you prizes. feel loved. <laughs> what? I'm having some trouble. You need to have, like, Zarzadek uh, record your outgoing message. I, I think there's a Zarzadek incoming call. Oh, there Actually, is. Actually, please stop sending me stuff. Who? I keep getting Amazon deliveries during the show. I'm like, I don't want to go outside to get whatever is in there. Actually, Why? they put it in the mailbox, and the mailbox has a lock on it. So, like, I didn't bring my key, so it's locked. It's, it's interesting. Um, I don't have this track, and neither does. Um, well, okay, all right. We're going to do this one instead. Okay, here we go. Okay. Stress, uh, but not in combat, but serving as military. Oh Christ! To the Army of the Republic. I mean, darn it! In other news, President Johnson announced tonight in a televised. For crying out loud! How long does this take? I know what this is. Oh my God. Okay, that's enough. Of that. I'm not. I'm never playing that again. By the way, it's a terrible cover. That sounded very, very uh, not very loud. Um, very well, mute. I can't. You just got it. Yeah. yeah. And we got war. Who okay, did? It? Who did it? Yep. By Bruce Springsteen. Hey, Brett. You're pointing up. I like this. It's like we got some serious, serious fighting going on here. 
so uh, that would put uh, half point for uh, Brett and a half point for half point Andy Baldwin. Is that about right? That's right. Correct. Sweet. Sweet well, to Sonia. A sweet, a sweet to Sonia. I, I should, probably should just get that clip. What do you think? I mean, yeah, that'd be great if you could just have it. If I could have it ready. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, so the, part Let's of the just have all Barbarella clips next time. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Nice. So uh, here we go. Oh my god there's a reason i don't have this song there's a big reason i don't have this song hey <laughs> oh my god uh true blue madonna brett Bert. is killing everybody tonight darren do you know who brett is we got this he's new to the show i love it sign band maybe brett uh, no actually i do it's a friend of mine on facebook He's killing. Somebody went to school with. Usually, uh, Kelsey, or I'm sorry, Casey, <laughs> and his wife, Dolly, uh, kill at this every night. But this is fantastic. We got new blood. All right. Uh, so we got another song coming up. Now, I skipped one. Oh, God. You just picked all the good ones, didn't you, Mark? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I maybe I got I, something that this was close to another date we picked, so I had to like these are the second place winners. Okay, <laughs> it's funny because like I know this song and I have this song, but maybe I subconsciously blocked it out. Here you go. Some people live their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> sure i danced at a thing where people dance the rhythmic ceremonial ritual brett's got it again toto he's got that for a half point half point and title's wrong it's close title close yeah andy nailed it yeah we got andy got half it point sweet all right <laughs> waiting for adam karaoke what's in the juke what what's what would we do for that that sounds Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Is that too quiet? It seems quiet. You know, good enough. Casey's back. Casey's in. Oh, Boston, Amanda, boom. Man. Full point. Full point. He's He's just trying to catch up now, isn't he? That was a man. Okay, says we've had "I'll Be Over You" by Toto. We've had right. "Word Up" by Cameo. We've had "War" by Bruce Springsteen. Sort of. Yeah. And "True Blue" by Madonna. Yeah. Uh, and we did just did Amanda, right? Yeah. By, by Boston. Boston. Okay, so Boston, Boston, Boston. Come on, come on down. Yeah. So that we'll kick your ass. <laughs> Wicked. Here we go. Yeah. I'm wearing a wildlife talking heads. That is correct. KC with a half point. Jeff Willard Jr. If you had just been a half second earlier, you would have got the whole thing. 
but you both get half points. So that's good. Nice. Right? And then we have... Who's in first? Who's in first? Uh, Brett. He's Brett's in first, first two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Andy right. Baldwin and Casey are uh, tied, and uh, Jeff's pulling up the rear. Kind of impressed you with Casey. I mean, it's only been here for, what, two songs? Wow, he's good. Yeah, here we go. He's like a machine. Everybody, everybody weighed in on that one. We got KC with a half point and Andy with a half point. So half good, point. good job, guys. It was good. You, you really point. battled it out there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of fighting here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. This one, this one's hard. This next one. Is it? Yeah. I think I think it well because it's a sample technically I think yeah plus I don't have it in my collection how is that possible well dun dun da 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 dun <laughs> are you are you just gonna do the, the year end no year, nobody will know that okay <laughs> no nobody will know that so this one is um, so but, uh, somebody asked what the year was 1986 okay uh, yes. so uh, and, and so far, who's in the lead right now? Uh, Wait, <laughs> Brett's in the lead is two and a half. Andy and Casey are tied at two. And Jeff pulling up the rear again. Apple. I don't know why I don't have this album, but <laughs> it's good. UB Illin. Someone said too legit. That was Aaron. <laughs> uh, Jacob's 1966, dude. You get the whole point. Oh, point. Look at Darren. Nice. That's pretty sweet. He kind of hears it before everybody else, though, doesn't he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a guest like point up on the show. Finally. It's freaking awesome. All right, cool. Uh, and where are we at now? We have uh, how many songs left? Two more. Two more to go. Okay. Oh, God. This is such a good song. I'm so glad you picked it. Really? Here's <laughs> the Sarcastic <laughs> bastard. <laughs> oh, boy. Is it this one? Yeah. Let's try that again. Ice Cube, <laughs> Young DMC. What did you think whoa, 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 whoa. I would do at this yeah. moment when you're standing before me? No, Andy, that's not the band. With tears in your eyes. We're going to get banned for that one. It's close. That was a long one. Yeah. Yeah, you're close. You guys just need to look it up now. Andy's got it. Yeah, but he's it it's not correct. It's not yeah. Bill, it's not Billy it and is. the Beaters. Yeah. Close enough. Let's all right, we'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll give it to you right now. There we go. All right, full point. Full point. Okay, so what what does the scores look like right now? 
going to give Casey a quarter of a point for that. <laughs> uh, let's see. That means uh, Andy's in first place with third, uh, three points. And we've got Brett behind him, Casey, uh, Darren, and Jeff. <laughs> All right. This is the last one, guys. I'm going to play one clip here. Are all the fame. This one's worth 100 points. Okay, here we go. That's it. I love that song. <sighs> oh, that was the giveaway. <laughs> all right, Casey. Bam. Both of them. That's a full point. Full point. That was... Actually, he didn't get the name of the band, and then Brett jumped in last minute with the name and the band. Oh, my God. Well, see, we give partial credit, though. So what was wrong with Casey's answer? It was good. Just half point. Oh, yeah. Timbuk4 is not correct. Yeah. But Brett gets that half point for Timbuk3. All right. All right. Here we go. Half point. Half point. What does the scores look like, gentlemen? So this means Andy won. Yeah. Behind him was Casey with 2.75. Andy had three points. Interesting. Uh, Brett had 2.5 points. Uh, Darren, one and a half points. And Jeff, come up the rear with, a, with 0.5 points. Huh. Always coming up the rear, Jeff. Come on. Hey, do we have any phone calls? Uh, let me just check. You know, if, if there's a phone call, play the, more, the most recent one, not the... <laughs> I, uh, I'm just checking. It's, it might be hard to hear tonight. I'm not really sure what's going on, but... Uh, oh, well, I'm in the wrong voicemail. That's part of the problem. Oh, yeah, not your porn voicemail. Go to the regular one. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! You know, oh, yeah, oh, here we go. I do have a voicemail. It's about a minute long. Should I, should I play it? Well, you only have one of them? Well, I've got two. No, it's the most recent one. Okay. Do you want me to play both of them or just one? No, because they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> One's better. Okay. Uh, let's just see how this plays out here then. Um, I mean, according to other people that are not me. According, uh, to, uh, uh, according to Hoyle? Mm, sure. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see here. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, everybody. It's your buddy, Bob Zarzadek, control panel expert and technician. Sorry I haven't called you guys. It's really quiet. Job at a Turn that small up. Santa Claus, but it hasn't been uh, super fun. It seems that the mall management thinks only about my panel, dark beard, so I had to dye it pure white. I hate it. I keep getting uh, ketchup caught up in it. People, uh, they think I'm like a bloodthirsty zombie Santa Claus. It's not fun. Uh, I'm serious. He so, dyed his, hair, his beard uh, white. That's weird. That's what I'm up to. Uh, I'll be listening in tonight covertly with my AirPods. Hopefully Adam won't take three hours to figure out how to start the show this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all for now. Arcade ratio dealers. Merry Christmas. Starts the deck out. Merry Christmas to one and all. Wow. That's ours. He dyed his beard white? I guess they didn't like his black beard. That doesn't make any sense. He's getting ketchup in it, and it looks like blood. (laughs) I get it. All right. Well, that's enough of that. I'm rubbing my own beard now. (laughs) 
Mark, why don't you kick us off with a couple of questions for this illustrious guest? Let me ask you, Darren, as a youth, what were the circumstances where you first became hooked on arcade games, if that, e- if that even happened? Well, what's a youth? Youth. Youth. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I remember as a little kid, um, lots of arcades around, bowling alleys, uh, roller rinks, fun centers. I think the first game that I really got hooked on was Captain Fantastic Pinball in 77. And um, I also remember Evil Knievel that year. Um, After that, Playboy, Kiss, which I own the 2015 version of Kiss. I remember playing uh, Meteor. Uh, I think that was 79. And then I was really hooked on Gorgar, the first talking pinball machine in 79. Hmm. I like Gorgar. I I think that... uh uh, well, what was the second talking pinball? Wasn't that like uh, Alien Poker or something like that? Or is that a little while? Is that still a little while's off? Nobody told me. Yeah, I'm not second. sure. So, yeah, it really started in pinball. And then um, I started taking a bigger interest in arcades. And eventually I mixed them both together. I remember um, Boot Hill. Um, this is late 70s, uh, like 77. I remember. Space Wars, uh, Space Invaders, Fire Truck, um, Breakout, Atari Football, Atari Basketball. Um, Where were you yeah. in all that? I mean, what, what what were your favorite arcades exactly? Um, without question, it was um, Seawolf uh, in the early days. Uh, and right before that, actually, uh, Indy 800. Uh, my local arcade had an Indy 800, and I was hooked on that thing. Oh, and, and really, that's what I mean. What was the name of that arcade? Was it a, you know, like a chain? It was actually a bowling alley. It was actually a bowling, oh, bowling alley in Indiana, Indiana called um, Stardust One. Awesome. Is it still around? It actually uh, it actually closed a couple of years ago. They actually have uh, three Stardust. There's Stardust One. The original one is closed. Uh, the Stardust Two is in Maryland, Indiana. The Stardust Three is in Dyer, Indiana, and that's the one that I really grew up in the most. But Stardust One was open first, so I played a lot of games in that arcade. Uh, but I think the arcade I played the most in was actually a. Um, uh, a it's called Salzer's Kitty Land in Cheryl, Indiana. It was more of an amusement park with an arcade. Oh man, I would have killed it. Did you have to like? Did you get to ride your bike there, or what was your uh, what was your transportation? No, it was on a major. It was on a major road, so you couldn't ride. Really, ride your uh, bike there. I mean, you could, but you know, it really wasn't safe. But our parents would drop us off. And, oh, love um, it. Yeah, maybe sat at the. Uh, that's really. There was a ton of electromechanical game. You know, besides having a seawolf there, I remember. You know, shoot the bear, helicopter, dive bomber. Uh, pitching the first pitching bat game I ever played, and of course ski ball. Wow, ski ball! I love ski. I ball. love ski ball. I know. I feel like I have, uh, a, I have a ski ball. Do you really? Do you? That's studly. Have a ski ball. That's studly. Okay, so describe your home arcade to us. I think I've got maybe about twenty six titles. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so they're more players' games as opposed to you know the guys at the big 
vector collections or, you know, rare stuff, which I used to have, or just, a, you know, a whole lineup of uh, Nintendo games side-by-side side or Williams games. So I, I kind of have a good mix because I have two young kids yeah. and we entertain a lot. So I want to make sure I have players' games. Yeah. And I think eventually when the kids get out of the house, I'll grab some more vectors and some of the more rare games that I like playing. So how many decades does your collection span? The oldest game is Seawolf, which I mentioned is one of my favorite games. And um, ironically, two years ago, I bought a um, Seawolf 55, which is the latest version. They made the big monster deluxe version. So I have both of those in my house. Took about six guys to get that in my house, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's huge. <laughs> and I think when I sell the house, it's staying like a pool table. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, you guys got to keep it. Uh, it's grandfathered in. Exactly. So, that's awesome. So, um, Seawolf, do you have any Rush games? Do you have any dartboards? I've got, got two Rush, yeah, I've got two Rush 49 special editions. I've got two Hydro Thunders. I've got an ice cold oh. beer. Um, of course, you guys know I make the, the glass for ice cold beer. Yeah. And um, since, you know, ironically, since the glass came out, the value of these have skyrocketed. Yeah. You used to be able to pick one of these up for about seven fifty, a thousand dollars Now they're closer to three, thirty-five hundred. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I really want one. Thanks, Darren. God, <laughs> making them uh, nice. Those are the peak because there's no parts for that yet. There's uh, one of those sitting that I looked at today, trying to talk the guy who has it into selling it to me, and he keeps telling me how many people want it. Try to convince him I'm the only important person that wants it, but <laughs> to no avail. No, it's a good cause. You got to tell him, like, play it up. Like, I love Hydra Thunder. By the way, damn the torpedoes. That's a great game. Like I said, I have a pair of those. Yep. And uh, I'm not so big on the H2O overdrives. Um, I had a chance to get those at a fair price. I prefer Hydro Thunder. I yeah. really do. It's really awesome. Now, the, graphics are, the graphics are better on H2O overdrive, but I sure. don't feel the gameplay is any better at all. No. No, I, 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 they, they did a good job making a sequel. Well, we know the sequels are hard in anything. They are. I have a Marvel Madness. A Marvel Madness. Sweet. Um, as I mentioned, a Fire Escape. Um, I have a Track and Field. Can you tell? Uh, can you tell me something about Fire Escape? Like I, I know that. Was there a cache of those games found somewhere? Like somebody's been divvying them out. Uh, am I? Am I just hearing like urban legend? How did you get your Fire Escape? Uh, I I missed out on one on the forums, and so I posted a, a wanted to buy. And Ryan Tilden contacted me, and he lives about an hour from me. So, wow, he was kind enough to let me come over and pick it up. And he's a super great guy. Sweet. So, do your does your arcade collection in any way um, facilitate some of the artwork that's made? Do you get inspired well, by? Well, so like I said, I just have players' games. Okay. Uh, okay. The only one that I really show off is my Tron. And you know, yeah, I, cool. I, I make all the pieces for Tron. Uh, that that along with Food Fighter, probably the two coolest looking games oh, yeah. ever made, as far as artwork, at least in my opinion. And um, yeah, we had a local but, guy kill a food fight last week. I think I'm going to get a cabinet. And by the way, anybody out there, I'm looking for a food fight. If anybody out there, really? Yeah, what? Join the club. Yeah, <laughs> so, me first. Me first. That's hilarious. Wow. So 
subset was Silver Strike Bowling, which I actually bought brand new in the box. Nice. Um, that's a great player's game because anybody can roll a trackball. So the little kids come over and play at five years old, and that kind of keeps them off the pinball machines from just banging on the flippers all day long. Oh, my God. You mentioned, what is up with that? You mentioned Atari football. Do you have one of those? Yeah, I had Atari football, but I just... Um, as I mentioned before, I had double shoulder replacement this year, oh. and that that takes an awful beating on your your arms, your elbows, and your yeah. shoulders. So I sold that off, and I'm going to get rid of my Marble Madness too because that's that's just a lot of pain. Really if you're, if you're really good at it, getting it out of there. <laughs> I'm driving out east sometime soon. I oh could, my uh, god! You guys are yeah, such I don't, vultures. I don't mind bumpy roads you're, in Indiana. You're it's such fine. vultures. Oh my god! I don't get out much. Oh, that's just Darren. Don't listen to him. I'm sure I have an arcade game with one button. That you, you that would be it. You, you know, perfect, perfect for rehab. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh, Incidentally, on the Marble Madness, I'm kind of working on a custom uh, cardboard monitor surround for that right now. Oh, so uh, that's nice. You know, it's just the, the, the glass bezels plain. There's no artwork. And the cardboard surround, there's no artwork. And I think I can come up with something that people might like. Um, working with two artists right now. And maybe we can come up with something that's not crazy expensive. Now, Darren, I know you do, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's exclusive uh, silk screening, right? The majority of my products are, are screen printed. Okay. Not everything is because not everything was made that way. Right. So is this uh, for new example, best? Yeah. For, for example, we're doing the Timber Marquee right now. That was not screen printed. Right. Um, that, was a, that was a pretty intricate um, process digitally. And... So we're working on that right now. Um, I have someone sent me two competitor samples out there, and I think they're poor enough that someone needs to do a proper one. I can tell you I'm not going to get it 100%, but it's going to be very nice. Well, was the, I, I, I would say we're, we're at least 90% accurate. Was the timber hand-painted? Tell us what was special about that. It was hand-painted. At one time, I did a fathom backlash for for the Fathom pinball machine, which was hand painted, and that's when you do hand painted stuff. That's that's pretty tricky. Yeah, I mean, there's one of the interesting things is this conversation about do you make things look perfect? Do you make them look the way they used to? I mean, the the timber kind of have a, has a special feel because of that hand paint, and I know that uh, some people have cleaned it up a lot. It just doesn't have that same kind of feel and the nostalgia if you know the original machine. Yeah, we're not doing any cleaning up. We're trying to be as faithful to the rep- to the original as we can doing a reproduction. That's awesome. And I'm trying to think back to um, was it? I think it was the Mappy Marquee that I did, where um, that's a big undertaking because there's 12 colors on that marquee, and it's a large marquee. So um, I'm the only one that made that because nobody wants to spend that kind of money to screen print 12 colors on something that big. And um, this was definitely something with a pre-order piece. And there was a big discussion about correcting some of the items that were made incorrect. Like, it was something to do with the colors. Like, if you look at the bezel and the CPO, uh, you know, some of the characters, the colors were different than the marquee. So they were saying they were wrong. Can you correct them? And because you know, I was doing a pre-order on this, you know, it was a unanimous decision. Hey, correct these. So in this case, we did change it. 
it wasn't truly faithful to the the original but maybe we corrected the errors that's always one of the uh the issues with this stuff i know when the uh, nintendo reproduction buttons were done i was part of that discussion there were so many fine details and small differences between actual different nintendo official nintendo buttons I finally backed out because I said there's no way I can make everybody happy. Hats off to what you do because dealing with that level of detail is really phenomenal. Right, so you backed away and um, Mike Holland made those, correct? Did an amazing job. So if you need those buttons, Mike's Arcade did a great job with them. I've got a couple. Yeah, Mike Holland and Mike's Arcade. uh, Mike's been around a very long time. He's a great guy. Yep. Yep, agreed. Hey, so I got a question on the uh, from the chat. Dave from Buffalo, who, by the way, is the purveyor, purveyor of all the fire escapes. That, uh, <laughs> they all originate and come through Dave. He's asking if any, I think he's rhetorically asking this. He says, anybody want to reproduce fire escape glass bezel? He has a few guys he knows who wants better ones, and a lot of them are pretty flaky. Mm. 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 It's interesting. That shouldn't yes, be that exactly. difficult. If I were just, I could walk down to my arcade. I think it's just two colors for the flames. Am I incorrect? Or three colors, orange, red, and white, or just orange and red? I, I don't know. That's right. Um, the marquee is actually pretty interesting because the marquee wraps around and goes underneath. Oh. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, because mine, mine's somewhat faded, and um, it, it's not peeling, but it's not in the best condition. I said, you know, maybe I'd selfishly reproduce this for myself. And I started looking, I was like, wow, this wraps all the way underneath. This, so now we got a bend involved, and it's a bigger piece, so the cost just keeps going up every time I look at it. <laughs> right. Hmm. I want to back up for a second. Oh, Dave says he has a stack of uh, new old stock marquees. Oh, well, good for you. We're going to make a love connection Thank you. <laughs> What's that? He can send me a love Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys said, but that sounds awesome. Um, I said he could send me, he said he has a, a stack of NOS marquees, and I yeah. said he could send me one for Christmas. Thank you. There you go. Dave, send him, a, send him an email. All right. Hell of a guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I want to back up for a second. Um, how did you get into printing? So I became a, um, I don't, I'm not big in the corporate world. Um, I've always wanted to be self-employed on my own business. I've been a business owner for almost 33 years. I was in the corporate world for almost three years. And my family, we moved to Arizona. And eBay had just started. And I had collected a lot of parts over the years because I started collecting in 1980. So eBay started, and they started selling off some of my parts. And they were going for a lot of money. I told my wife, I said, looks you know these games are going for good money parts are going for good money at some point my nos part stash was going to run out so i just started selling became a game seller full time and my wife says you've got six months to figure this out you're going to get a real job and i said oh i better get this thing going (laughs) so uh it took off did really well um in 1999 started having some health issues you know, moving these games around every day, several times a day, takes a toll on your back. I've got a bad back. And um, I thought, you know, maybe I'd get in the parts business and wasn't really sure what to do. And I was restoring a Robotron. And I had contacted a well-known vendor out there and said, hey, um, um, you make Robotron CPOs. Can you make um, some marquees? No, they're not going to sell. I said, Robotron's a really popular game. There's a lot of them out there. eBay's becoming bigger. These games are going to turn over. 
no, 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 leave me alone. I just kept on him and on him. Finally he said, listen, if you think they're going to sell that well, go make them yourself. The rest is history. <laughs> so Robotron Marquee was the first thing you did? It was the first one. Then I was doing a restoration for a celebrity of a scramble. And I could not find anything. It's a metal panel. Uh, the artist screened directly on the metal panel. So I decided to do a small run of those, and that was my second run. And it just it, it just took off from there. It's funny how this stuff uh, just kind of grabs you. You get the right niche, the right time, and uh, the right attention, and things can just go. Now, there's a right. market for more, more vendors and parts. Parts, artwork, you name it. And, and, and recently, you know, in the last five years, cabinets. The reproduction. I, so do you do... I, I, cabinets have really taken off in the last you're right three to five years do you work with any uh, cabinet makers on trying to coordinate that or i mean i've noticed a lot of them produce the cabinets without the artwork or some of them are producing the cabinets printing up some artwork i've seen some great cabinets and some some cabinets (laughs) (laughs) and that's and that's the problem um i only want to work with the best and I don't know who makes the best and the most accurate because this is still so new, guys making cabinets. Yeah, I mean, I know that, uh, that and that comes and goes. There's a few guys that uh, were well-known for doing cabinets. One guy I know who just sold off a CNC, did some great cabinets. It was very hard to get stuff out of. But the accuracy is one of the things that I've noticed on the cabinets I've seen is it varies a lot, like the artwork. And it's hard to tell from the pictures until you actually see the product. Hmm. I, I totally agree. I mean, are, are you talking about Brett? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brett actually made my Atari football cabinet, and I think it was perfect. It is. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, but uh, I have four or five cabinets he did, and man, they're just, they're original. They look exactly the way the other ones did. Yeah, and now, you know, someone like Scott Evans. Scott Evans is going to start making cabinets. Right now he's just making, you know, multi-games and just selling them on the side. But uh, I think he's going to be uh, doing this uh, maybe full-time. And uh, he may also start doing some artwork as well. Uh, He's going to do the inkjet stuff, but... uh, uh, he'll buy the, the screen printed stuff from me. That's and great. That's someone I could definitely work with if he wanted to do any kind of partnership. I, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, really what Scott's interested in, but I think everybody knows Scott Evans. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that want to buy a CNC, but they have not pulled the trigger yet. And the accuracy is key. Well, a, right. money, There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of money. It takes up space time. Yeah. And, and really if you have a, you know, the source machine, instead of some of these, uh, files that are out on the internet that are like wildly incorrect. Well, and I think one of the things, I mean, I actually went down to Brett's house when he was assembling a few of these and the care and time that was taken to actually match the original, I mean, perfectly down to disassembling, matching dowel spots. I mean, the, the detail. And I think this is one of the things that it shows. I mean, I, I own several sets of Darren's artwork and the attention to the detail it, it's it really makes it stand out from from kind of like half-assed jobs. So the cabinets are one of those things where you have to get them right. And when you don't, they 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 really aren't. They they don't look like the original cabinet, and you lose that feel. Right. Oh man, I guess I'm in the market for a quantum cabinet then. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, put me down when when that works out. 
So, Darren, what was the? Uh, you mentioned that you were going to bring a few games back into the collection after the uh, players' ones. Uh, you know, kind of bide their time. The kids move on. What's the one game that's not in your collection that you wish was right now? Oh boy, um, I'm, I'm actually kind of partial to Quantum. I really am. I know uh, more valuable and rare game is Major Havoc in a dedicated form, but I really like Quantum. Nice. Well, I have two un- unpopulated PCBs, so if, if I get hit by a truck, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, hey, do you, do you have any heroes in the arcade community? Like, you know, people that you look up to that you think, ah, this guy's great. Well, I, I Scott Evans. Uh, oh, you know, of buying Atari's buying Atari's warehouse, genius business move, and Scott wanted to preserve a lot of this stuff, documentation, films, dies, you name it. He's you know, uh, prototype games, which he still has, and he's gotten big offers for some of these games, including the Brad Bradley Trainer. I know he got a big offer on that, which he he's turned down. In fact, I offered him a lot of money for Marvel Madness Two, around I think it was 2001, and he turned me down. And it was a smart move because in today's dollars, um, <laughs> it would have been a steal for me. That's funny because I was just talking to Ed Rotberg about the the Bradley Trainer, and it would be kind of cool to reproduce them. I know that the board is a one of a kind kind of thing, but it, you know maybe somebody can FBGA it, and then uh, and then there could be some Bradley Trainers out there. I don't know. I, have you ever been been able to play a Bradley Trainer? No, um, yeah. Scott says his doesn't even he doesn't even work properly. And if you do some research on the Bradley trainer, didn't seem like the military knew what they were doing with it either. Well, I mean, but it's a piece of it's, it's a big piece of arcade well, history. Ed says that he and his team put in just months of work on that thing to redesign it. So, yeah, wow. we may have to make Ed do some wow. QA and get it running again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they said they didn't let him drive the tank, though. Sad. The real tank. They, they, they actually let them go into a real tank and check it out. <laughs> yeah. Interesting background. So I want to just thank you for the Atari football thing because uh, you you did those panels for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, there's a, there's a few of us out there that have them. They're fantastic. And uh, when I got my panels and I installed them, they they didn't quite work out. I haven't told anybody about this on the air before, but. Uh, we had a little problem with him, and I called you, and you were fantastic. But you were oh, I did it again. So it was you said fantastic. Yeah, you, you were awesome. Uh, so yeah, okay. I uh, giggity. So I, you know, I I called you up, and you're like, "What's going on?" And I and I told you, well, these posts don't line up with the acrylics or the wood that you know spacers on the on the underside of the panel. And I sent you some pictures, and it turned out that your guys uh, may have manufactured them incorrectly. The turnaround time was amazing on that, by the way. I don't know how you did that, but they got them done really quickly. Maybe you'd like to share a little bit about how that works when you, something goes wrong and you have to get it fixed. Well, usually, you know, when, when there's artwork going on, I'm sent proofs, um, and I can approve a proof. Sometimes I'll get a just a, maybe a digital sample, mm-hmm. which... Obviously, it's not going to look exactly like the screen printed version. Um, and sometimes, if it's if it's a big run, like we actually, for example, the ice cold beer glass, we actually were screen printing samples because there was so much involved in the gold color in that. There's actual sure. gold flakes in this color, so we and we wanted to get it right. 
when you're dealing with a, a metal a piece, you just trust you know the fabricator. And this is what they do all day long. So there's yeah. no need for them to send me a sample. They just said, ah, piece of cake, no problem doing this panel. And the panel showed up. I think I sold six sets right away. And uh, I think uh, the other five guys at least just sat on them and do anything with them. And then you contacted me. And, of course, yeah, um, I, I was shocked. And you sent me pictures. And um, I had to get back to you a couple of days later. I was under the weather. But... Um, first chance I got I took a look at it on my machine and the pieces I had here and lo and behold yeah they made a mistake so immediately made a phone call and said ah you guys made a mistake here I don't think it was on purpose but I already have some of these in customers hands and even though only one person got a hold of me the other guys still have bad pieces sure I think based on the amount of business that I do with them uh, that it was a quick turnaround time Wow, yeah, it, it was fast. I don't know, it was like under, I want to say it was under like 45 days. Uh, and all of a sudden, they just showed up. Thanks, by the way. They just all sat on my, on my front step. Well, and as an ironically, the other five guys had still never contacted me to this day. And not even when they got, not even when they got replacement sets. I didn't even contact them and say, hey, by the way, don't put those on. Um, we need to remake these. I just That's weird. I just shipped them new panels, and they still didn't contact me. Like, wait, why do I have a second set of panels? Here? <laughs> I hope they figure it out. The, n- the number of and then, and then I was, yeah, and then I was telling you the other day that um, so you know I wanted to recycle these, and you know it's metal, so <laughs> yeah. I drove. I drove it. I loaded up uh, my uh, drove, loaded up my van. And you had like a hundred sets of these made, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, what ninety four sets of panels yeah so uh filled, filled up my van drove to the recycler and uh round trip and you know 30 dollars in gas or whatever netted me 15 dollars so i lost 15 dollars to go recycle oh. this stuff that's so <laughs> bullshit that is just bull i mean come on <laughs> Okay, you just inspired me by that story. I just bought a Marble Madness marquee and then the side art control panel overlay combo. Trigger the, pull. The marquee will, will blow your mind because the original is a translite, and I decided to screen these directly onto acrylic. Nice. And so this is going to shine. This is going to shine. Should I say fantastically? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Uh, (laughs) It's funny that this this metal fab story that you're telling, because I had some uh, Atari cocktail uh, coin boxes fabricated, and they completely blew it and put the... (laughs) They put the lock hole in the wrong place. And they also like got the, the 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 welds wrong, and oh my gosh, uh, you know when you, when you have to send something back, you're like, ah. luckily they did the right thing and you know admitted their mistake because they you know documented it incorrectly. But yeah. wow, and, uh, yeah, back in two thousand, I think it was two thousand when I did uh, Bowtie Williams artwork and the the metal panels as well, and that's. That's an interesting panel with all those standoffs. And they got that wrong. This was a different um, fabricator. They shipped it from Washington, Seattle, Washington to my home in Phoenix. 
Cincinnati Phoenix Arcade. And the poster were in the wrong spots. And I go to line it up in my pants. Oh, this is wrong. And I said, uh, thank God this is that 30. They don't have to pay this invoice yet because I don't even know this company. It was referred to by somebody else. Hmm. So I called them and took pictures and sent them everything. They end up um, rerunning them and giving me double the order for free. So I ordered 100. They sent me another 100 for free. That's wow. Awesome. What'd you do with the other hundred? I guess you drove that $30 gas trip again or? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did recycle those. I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, the, the recycler was pretty close to my home. So that was not a big deal for that. Nice. I'll tell you, I own one of those, uh, original Phoenix arcade multi Williams panels. And when I was doing my multi Williams, I sat around and watched for that forever. I don't think they were available at the time. So I uh, saw one come up on KLOV and snag that quickly. That's an amazing panel. I, that's by far my favorite multi-Williams setup. I have to check that out. I think I just have the arcade. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think I sold, um, now back in the day when the, you know Clay's multi-Williams kit first came out, yep. I don't believe it was actually his design. I think he borrowed the design from somebody. Uh, it's different than the J-Rock. You know, everybody says the J-Rock is better and it plays better. I agree with you. Um, but Clay was the original guy to actually release a board. You know, it was an add-on kit to a Robotron or a Joust board. And um, I think I sold well over a 1,000 uh, panels for sure. Wow. Yeah, there were a number of different setups, and actually yours just was kind of the best combination. I, I thought yours was the best combination of artwork. There's still some available, uh, but um, it just the setup, the colors, the layout, e- everything was it was clear you paid a lot of attention to what was going on and understood the games people were going to play on there. Well, this is a group effort between uh, a bunch of local collectors in Phoenix that I knew at the time. I wanted to get it right, so I got everybody together uh, and everybody that knew the different games better than I, you know, oh, I know Stargate better than you, and, you know, I know how Splat plays, and it was a, it was a collective effort, and they were willing to put the time in because they wanted a good product as well because they were going to buy this, so I, I really can't take much credit for it other than spending the money. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm not going to Oh my gosh, there's so much cool. I'm on phoenixarcade.com and I'm like seeing all of these combo things that you can put in the card at the same time. I love it. <laughs> uh, you're, you're using my Tron. Uh, well, actually, you're using Mark's Tron as your, oh. <laughs> as your feature photo for your uh, translate. Or oh, let your, me look uh, at my products. Tron. Yeah. So I, I bought I bought Adam's restored Tron and I baby it here. Yeah, I took I took that picture. You took it from Clav, so I'm happy to contribute to your. <laughs> which, which picture did I did I did I? Uh, <laughs> it's the one with the joystick that shows a little bit of the the gameplay, and then it has a really nice picture of the acrylics lit up by. Uh, oh, by, the upper the upper and lower control panel plastic. It's the second photo. Yeah, it's beautiful. Looks uh, really good. Maybe someone sent that to me. I don't like to yeah. steal photos. I put it on Clove, so it's. Oh, okay. Adam's proud of it that it's on. I'm very site, proud so. that it's on there. Leave so. it there. <laughs> it's Mark's now, though, so it's really Mark's machine. Do I need, do I need I'm to, proud too. Yeah, do I need to credit this? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting credit right now. Okay, okay. fantastic. And this is the. <laughs> 
Because I have my own resource to run. I can go back and reshoot photos. This is the uh, this is the second. This is, I have two. Uh, this is my. I've had three trons. One is a cocktail. Mark has the other one, and I have one more that has all of the artwork queued up and ready to be put on that I bought from you. The only thing I'm not sure awesome. if I have is a translate. I might not have the translate, so gotta double check. I'm actually trying to resist buying that Tron package right now. I've got another one in the uh, hopper. Uh, that... Don't don't resist. It's beautiful. No, I, I, I clearly. I mean, it has. I, I'll admit it. It has someone else did a partial restore, used some art from somewhere else. None of it has the fluorescence. So when None you, of it fluoresces. Right. So yeah. it, it looks terrible. You put the lights on and you're expecting this like big pop from the machine to see everything and it, it just doesn't have the feel. So I'm literally taking the artwork that was put on about a year ago off and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet in part because I'm getting yelled at enough at home for some of the arcade <laughs> purchases lately. i got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> it's coming though. You know, if you didn't buy that high speed you could have spent it on tron that is true but i have a very nice high speed now <laughs> yeah i think all you have to do is you know show off the pictures of what a full restore looks like all lit up and yeah it's a no-brainer after that well that's it, it it's clearly the better machine after the restore the only problem is there's a another restored tron sitting a couple rows down so you're obviously proud of your Tron. You're proud of your Tron artwork. What is your second favorite artwork that you've made for games? Well, actually, I would say, um, wow, Ice Cold Beer Glass was really tough. We went through probably, and I'm not exaggerating, at least 20 different sample screen printed versions until we got it right. So I was driving. Luckily, the supplier is not far from me. It's about a 45-minute drive. Um, so I was making constant trips. We tweak it. I drive back. We tweak it again. Drive back, and uh, that, that was really a labor of love. And that's also the same supplier that did the, Ast- uh, the Asteroids Lux 3D background fluorescent. I don't know if you guys check that out yet. That's that's an amazing piece to recreate. That. Is- you know, I know a guy that's looking to re- recreate some fluorescent background for an OR. Those cockpits need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen that background for the Asteroids Deluxe on my website? It's it phenomenal. Unbelievable. It is. It's brighter than bright. It's So I, I will admit, I looked at it. I was going to buy it, and I was somewhat disappointed that the uh, asteroids I had purchased had such a nice background. I didn't have a chance to, to get yours. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, here's one thing that I'll say. Um, a lot of people don't think their artwork is faded until I tell them certain things to look like. For example, the pinball machine. Take off the legs and look what's underneath the legs. Oh, my gosh, it really is faded. Because at one time I had a bunch of licensing for pinball artwork. And, you know, I'm selling a ton of pinball artwork for, for games. And people say, oh, can you just sell me the front, you know, the front panel? Or can you sell me just the back box? The sides are great. And I said, pull off the legs and take a look. They pull off the legs. Oh, my gosh, I'll buy the whole set. <laughs> and what I would say to you on, your, on the Asteroids of Lux background that you have, mm-hmm. pull off one of the ships. Behind the ships is some artwork that never got to see any of the light. And you'll see how bright that is compared to... Uh, the rest of your artwork. 
yeah, the, I think you'll see that it's faded. The fluorescence? It's 36 years old. It's going to be faded. Right. The fluorescence actually go quite quickly with the light, too. So, like, I, I noticed uh, distinctly on the Omega Race cockpits, even the, mine's in great shape, but at the top, where it never saw the light, it's a completely different color set. It the same so thing happens brighter. with, uh, I have a Warrior, and the fireplaces are just not nearly what the top, of, like, anywhere that's blocked looks phenomenal. I don't, I, I, I and, have and, to, luck, and luckily, yeah, luckily for me, some of these spots that were blocked, that's how we were able to recreate these colors. You get your colors. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, we would be guessing. I, I think, so I've got two deluxe machines that showed up at my place. One of them I, I honestly don't think was turned on for more than maybe 10, 15 hours. The other one has some good fade, but it's it's one of those machines you find and wonder where it went for the last 30 years. It was like sitting in the back of somebody's closet. They pulled it out one day and said, oh my gosh, that's there. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to have to uh, hound you about some Omega Race cockpit art, though, because uh, even my machine that has the art in there that looks good, I have two cockpits. One doesn't have the art at all. And the one that has the art, it's just completely faded. <laughs> I moved the uh, the piece around so I could see the old-style artwork that was blocked off from the inside of the cockpit. And, uh, yeah, I got to do art. Isn't that trouble, Darren, with some, some of this stuff, though, that you need quantity to do it? Like... How many OR cockpits are there, really? Yeah, there's, there's probably not. I don't know the production numbers. Maybe someone else really knows. So before I continue, um, I, I have to give a shout-out to my daughter, Amanda, who's allowing me to stay on the night. I was going to uh, spend some time with her. Sure, and sure. She, 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 she's she's going to go to bed, and uh, she allowed me to stay on with you guys. Aw. So I know, I, know, I know she was listening on her iPad. And oh, uh, so I want to give a shout out to my 13 year old daughter, Amanda. Well, thanks, Amanda. Amanda, That's, you rule. We love you. Sorry, thanks I for listening. Earlier. <laughs> I did not say bullshit. Sorry. I don't think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, does oh, anybody no. know the quality of Omega Race cockpits? Is it ten? Is it five? Well, Six. I know. I think I have a third of them. See, I, personally, I only know of three or four in existence. That's the problem, right? So if you have like 20 of them, let's just say 20, is that enough to do one? Well, I think you could do one if you needed to, but it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah. Sure, yeah. It's we, all in what you're willing to pay. So if we, someone says, hey, can you make me one of these? I'm like, well, how much are you willing to pay? And the problem, correct you, you don't really want to have that conversation anyway because it's just so expensive. It's yeah. You don't want to entertain that. You know, it's just that, you know, custom. I always, my standard response is, you know, because we screen print, uh, custom work is just, it's outrageously expensive and it's probably better that we don't have this discussion because they probably get upset. Oh, how could you charge that amount of money? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's why, so just like molding and other things, once you create the tools, you you make up the cost by doing a lot of quantity to bring the vo- volume up and bring the cost down spread out over the products but if you don't have that quantity you've got to pay for that tooling that screening and the work that goes into it that's a lot of money i mean what, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that when these games are done back in the days it was such a large quantity you do huge runs and displace that cost out amongst thousands of machines instead of hundreds or 50 or and so it makes complete sense that it's not reasonable to screen print one-offs and I, and correct me if i'm wrong I, I don't know a lot about printing but uh fluorescence really uh, they're doing some work with it but really screen printing is the way fluorescents are done well mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, right now, it's the only way you can print um, fluorescent is through screening. I'm not aware of any inkjet process that's fluorescent. Yeah, I don't know where you get the ink. Well, that's where, you know, how, how are you going to mix inks? You know, just the inkjet process, how they mix inks. Wow. You know, and phosphorescent ink is so beautiful. You know, is it really weird to me, like, uh, these are just weird observations, but the Tron cocktail has phosphorescent ink on its overlays. There's no black lights. Mine has black lights. Mine had black lights, too, but they didn't come with them. Ah, I was like, mine does too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I, think, I think I was the first person to stick them in. By, I got them from uh, super bright LEDs before all these comet places and everything opened up. But I was super stoked when I could light them up. And then, like, uh, for some reason, the Asteroids Deluxe cocktail manual comes printed in phosphorescent ink. Why? That's cool. You know, it's like you can look at it in the black light, but okay, it's great. It's very odd. Like it's like they kind of, you kind of wonder if at the factory, they're like, well, there's got to be a way to make this more exciting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or they, maybe they did plan to put black lights in the Tron cocktail and they just couldn't afford it. I don't know. Or, or they were just using the inks from the upright CPO. Sure, because it was easy and they were already mixed, right? So screen everything. They already the had it. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to these, you know, for example, the Mega Race cockpit, you know, I'm, I'm in kind of a, a situation right now with um, EDOT. Uh, there's been a small group of people who have asked me to, to screen print EDOT site art. That's a big undertaking, really big undertaking. It's close to $20,000 to do a very small run of it. And just to get it done, we're looking at $800 for a set sure. screening. And that's, and typically... If, if if something costs me fifty dollars to make, I, I sell it for a hundred. I try and just, and double it. Just so the listeners and know, the E dot is the environmental discs of Tron. So it's a very large, very large game, very rare, very valuable. Um, so you know that's it's really big art. Uh, it's not crazy hard to do, but it's so big it takes two people on a press to do each piece and there's four pieces and that really skyrockets the cost so you have I don't know I'm just trying to think off the top of my head um, 24 set, 24 pieces of film so um, when you screen print something there is a there, you have to output film and that film is used to burn the image on a, a screen hence a silk screen so you need to have one piece of film and one screen for every color Wow. So I think we're at a total of 24 pieces of film and 24 Jeez. screens. That is Two a lot. Doing it. One, co- one color at a time. That is a Which lot. Is how, yeah, I think the film alone is, uh, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's $4,400 just for the film. So you you do a lot of this, right? You do the screening yourself? No, gosh, no. I leave it to the professionals. Okay. I don't have the equipment. Uh, there's even guys in the hobby. There's a couple guys that do their own screening, but they don't have the large presses like this. And even if they did, it requires a second person. Um, the guy that made an inkjet version of this, um, he also does some screen printing. He purposely passed on it for several reasons. Cost. I'm not so sure he could do that good of a job with it, in my opinion. <laughs> and um, and uh, it requires a second person. And I don't think he has a second person working for him that has screen printing experience. Huh. So I was I'm planning. I'm trying to use the company 
that did this asteroids background uh, 3D that did ice cold beer glasses Sweet. and did work for original um, Bally Midway back in the day. So they've been around for a long time. Wow. I trust them. But the problem is I, I only have right now two people lined up to do a pre-order. And I'd like... At a bare minimum, ten, and that doesn't even come one third of the way of covering my cost. But I'm just not going to spend twenty thousand dollars just to help out a couple guys. I'm sorry, you guys are great, but I just can't do it. Sure, yeah. I know Steve at Grinkers has one that's really nice. Um, so Scott, uh, you and Scott must have worked together on a few Atari projects because he had all these films. Scott was great. Uh, anytime I wanted films, I would send Scott, you know, uh, my wish list. Scott has, he had at least one container, maybe two containers of everything that he got from Atari. Just big. But he, it wasn't well organized from Atari, so it would take him, you know, all afternoon to find um, what I was looking for. But at one time, he did archive everything that he had. It just wasn't laid out and organized. So... Uh, Scott Scott was, you know, really good to me. For example, uh, Star Wars side art, you did that, right? I did. And there's two separate sets of films for that. For well, the, the, other, for the, the other, other set has never been found. Okay. So uh, the only set that was available, he sent to me. Okay. And that's the one that matches the flyer, but it's not necessarily the more common version. Interesting. So that, is that the one with the TIE fighter that's slightly off kilter? I believe the, ori- the original, or the more common version, is the TIE fighter outside of the artwork. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, there was some controversy when that first came out. If there were films available at that time, um, I think we could have modified it, where we could have done both at the same time and let customers have their, their choice. <laughs> so, um, Have you ever talked to Tim... Tim Lapatino at all? Um, he made an Art of Atari book, mostly console stuff, but I think he got a little bit into the the, um, the arcade stuff, but he had a lot of access to Atari libraries as well, and that must be just fascinating, you know, to see all that artwork that was around 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, one time, you know, I mentioned I had some pinball licensing um, with a company that I don't want to mention uh, that is bankrupt now. But I had access to all the Bally and Williams uh, pinball films as well. Interesting. So I was in this warehouse, and I literally spent two days archiving everything and organizing everything, you know, kind of like a library. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I was able to produce so much pinball stuff so fast in a matter of three years. It's unbelievable how much stuff was put out in a three-year span. So is printing your primary source of income for you, or do you have another job? Or um, I own three pizza restaurants. Oh, cool. <gasps> wow. I want to go to your pizza restaurants. Yeah, I want some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any arcade yeah, games? I don't, any, I don't think anybody cares about that. I think all they care about is, you know, arcade stuff. Oh, uh, well, that's yeah, I got my yeah. joust from a guy that had it in his pizzeria in the 80s and uh, sold it off to me about six years ago. So that's kind of a fun story. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. That's nice. Do you do uh, stencils? Uh, at one time I did stencils. 
and I think I started stencils in 2002, 2001, 2002. I did, um, I did a Moon Patrol stencil. I did a Defender stencil, I did a Pac-Man stencil, and a Miss Pac stencil. And um, people just aren't good at stenciling, and they blame it on you. Oh, so man. I would sell these stencils, and they did a bad job, and it's my fault because they can't paint. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sure, it's not, the stencil, give... not the stencil fault. <laughs> so then they want you to send you a new sets of stencils and... Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I think back then, I think we sold a set of stencils for a hundred bucks. I think I made twenty bucks. Wow! It was really more so to satisfy uh, the people that asked for them. And then at one time, I even made a reusable Defender and Miss Pack stencil, and we would loan this out, and then people would send it back. And somebody didn't send me the Defender back, so wow. I said I'm no longer loaning out the Miss Pack Man unless I know them personally. Sure. Ooh, hey, buddy. I'm, I'm order number 3,000, by the way. It looks like you finally cracked the 3,000. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Did you just place an order while we were on the show? I did. I did. I'm order number 3,000. I'm, I'm like, stoked now. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I spent money during the show. <laughs> that's Very great. cool. Well, if you guys want to hear some of the um, projects I'm working on right now, do it. Great. Um, yeah. That'd be a good way to that, round you know, I did the, the 3D background for Asteroid Deluxe. Now I'm working on the 3D, 3D cardboard monitor surround, which is different. It's, okay. it's, it's pretty plain, but it's still 3D and it's fluorescent. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that piece at all. Darren, are you... So kind of working on, Yes. Are you considering adding a little extension uh, for the anti-glare bezels on those? You're talking the actual bezel itself, where well, I'm, so I'm discussing the cardboard monitor surround. Are we on the same page? We, we are. Um, so when you... Oh, well... So I was assuming you're meaning the piece that goes inside. There's a... It's a star field, correct? Correct. And so when you switch out to the, um, from the regular, if, if you have an anti-glare model, there's a triangle of just black at the edge of the, the monitor where it kind of comes forward. Mm. Hmm. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I never noticed it, and it's, it showed up on two machines, and one of them was scratched to hell. But then you kind of see these stars, and then right at the edge, nothing. But Well, being that I don't, I don't personally own the game currently, I... <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. How's that one going? So is that uh, something that you, uh, I'm assuming those stars, like you were saying before, those, are, they're fluorescent, so they're fading out, and you're going back and finding some of the original inks and colors? Yeah, this, this one's a little more tricky. Um, I shouldn't a lot of this stuff is tricky when you're reproducing. Uh, it's a lot easier to create something new than to reproduce something. So we're still in the recreation phase, and this is going to take a little longer than what I originally planned. Um, I was hoping to have these out by Christmas, but we still don't have all the matches that we're looking for. And the person that was supposed to send me the sample didn't get it to me until two weeks ago when I was supposed to have it oh, maybe two months ago. Uh, but I'm not complaining because it's, it's, I, I love it when people are willing to lonely pieces to make things happen. Um, another project that uh, I'm working on is a, is a proper screen printed Don, Donkey Kong bezel 
with the proper thickness that's three sixteenths, not the eighth inch that's floating around out there that everybody makes. I've been approached by a couple of retailers that sell a lot of this stuff. Uh, I even seen, I even put like a, maybe not a poll, just an interest list out on my Facebook page. And I, immediately I got tons of interest, a bunch of private messages. So, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make this. You can make the thinner bezel work, the spacers, and it's okay because I know the, you know, acrylic is getting really expensive. It's, it's approaching glass prices now. And anytime you add any type of size, thickness, length, width, whatever, you know, you're adding a lot of cost. And adding that extra eighth of an inch on this bezel is almost doubles the cost. So I can understand why nobody wanted to make it 3 sixteenths when they can just use a spacer. But when you use the spacer, there's flex in that bezel in the center if someone touches it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm making these. I'm going to make a, a, a pretty big run. So those will be ready in about, oh, about eight weeks. Um, I just got the sample in on that one. That's uh, totally rad. As I mentioned before, the timber glass marquee. Nice. Um, oh. To go with the bezel and the CPO, I already sell. No, oh, just, here's a good one. I just need a timber you, uh, to go with it. <laughs> you rare collectors. The Wacko glass bezel. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, that, that can't be done digitally because if you're familiar with the game at all, or at least the artwork on the bezel. Yeah. Uh, there's a red on there that is actually fluorescent. It's not. It won't. It's not photoreactive, but it's a mix of fluorescent red and a couple other colors to get to this color. So I feel pretty confident I won't have any good competitors in the inkjet world on this copying it. Nice. That's that's. And the and the glass cost because of its shape is pretty expensive. You know the funky wacko shape. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, Cubic Cubes artwork. I'm I'm in the process of making, uh, you know, with this uh, uh, the J Rock board out there. I'm in the process of making uh, the Cubic Cubes bezel. The original was done on cardboard as an insert. I'm screening it on glass. Um, I'm also doing the, the glass marquee. There's a there's a sticker on the glass marquee rather than just screening it. I'm actually making the sticker separate. It's a license sticker, and I'm going to have them numbered sequentially. Oh. So everybody will have a different number. Cool. And I'll also be making the upper and lower uh, um, CPOs for Cubert Cubes. So you're gonna, I already know several people are going to be building brand new Cubert's Cubes with this artwork. That's great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, something, that, <laughs> something I think that's pretty cool is I'm going to be making the... Um, Disc of Tron and the environmental Disc of Tron um, glass bezel pieces. And as a bonus, I'm going to be selling these at cost. Cost. What? Just, just to help these guys out. And they're going to wow. freak when they see. Wow. I'm not doing a big run. I might, I'm only I might, doing 50. I might buy one just to I'm, have it on the I'm wall. I'm going to sell these at cost. Yeah, I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna put one in a frame and hang it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, look, there's no artwork on this thing. It's a pretty simple piece. Um, uh, I'm not sure that's worthy of hanging. <laughs> oh, now uh, interest is going. Well, continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. There's there's two pieces for for uh, Discotron and two for the environmental version. Like I said, I'm making 50 of those. I'm going to sell them at cost. That's great. Wow. One, one way of giving back to the community. 
Wow. So far, I've been impressed with what you've given to the community in the first place, but appreciate knowing all the new products. Why don't you tell us where your website is and uh, how we can get there and, you know, which how how can we pay and do you have a Facebook page and all that I stuff? paid with PayPal. It's super easy. <laughs> yeah, Facebook page, Phoenix Arcade, the website, phoenixarcade.com. Uh, that was designed by Scott Goldsmith, a uh, recent friend of mine, longtime customer, came recent friends, great guy. He designs websites for a living, e-commerce stuff. Uh, you know, your your website my, did... my website was old and dated, and Scott, you know, everybody was in my ear last several <laughs> years, you need to update your website, and I said, right. hey, people are still buying stuff, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't believe it helped, I don't believe it helped my sales, but it certainly made it look more presentable and yeah. easier to navigate. So right. Scott did a great job, That's and great. I really appreciate that. He's become a good friend of mine. Great. That's good. So um, any, any, uh, any last words? You know, any any advice for any of us that are looking to get good art? Don't don't get in. Don't edge into his business. He's doing a good job. <laughs> I'm trying to say. Well, you know, I do know some guys in the arcade world. If you guys need some guests, let me know. I think I can help you out. I think a, a, if I can make a suggestion is uh, 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 Jerry Buckner. For oh sure. yeah. Yeah, we, we had him on uh, last season. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jerry's great. He was fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, no, he was great. Uh, you know, a voice actor, uh, of course, Pac-Man Fever, and he's got a T-shirt for sale right now, by the way. Yeah, it says, uh, still got the fever, so go check that out. But, yeah, he's a good guy. Love him. Yeah, I contacted him uh, on Facebook. I requested him to be friends, and he said, who are you? And I just told him who I was in Phoenix Arcade, and we struck up a long conversation. And then I said, by the way, can I borrow your music and play it on my website? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> so um, he allowed me to put the whole album on my website. That's great. And that, that caused kind of a problem because guys were listening or guys would go to my website at work. And next thing you know, it just starts in a loop, starts with Pac-Man theme and goes all the way down. But it goes, you know, it starts, it starts with the Pac-Man theme and then it just starts going. And then people have to hurry up and turn the music down at work. So guys said, Hey, can you just turn that off on auto? <laughs> so now you actually have to press play on my website if you want to hear that's good that's good you know that music well stick around after we uh, do our closing credits here we'll like to talk to you for a minute or two just to close out but uh, I want to thank you for being on the show it's been an honor to have you here with us um, it was great to, talking to you guys we uh, I appreciate you having me on yeah we love having a variety of guests and it's so cool for us to be able to you know, have people that are in the industry making stuff, uh, you know, being creative and being so exacting about their standards. You know, and people like Jerry, too, who, you know, are creative. And But it's, uh, you know, we, we like to focus on different aspects. So having, you know, people that are in the, you know, helping us restore these games um the way you do and the way you're so meticulous about everything it's it's really a pleasure so i'm sincere when i say it's been great having you on the show plus i don't intend to stop buying stuff from you so exactly aaron sanders in the chat says we love all your stuff darren your commitment to quality and customer service is 100 percent aaron sanders <laughs> aaron, yeah, aaron is great he's, he's a good customer i really appreciate him 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he gave you some monies this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think we all continue to, too, as well. So yes, this is where, this is the part where we, you know, what do we do here, Mark? We go to the last page of our show notes and then we read stuff okay. about how the show's ending. Oh, okay. So let's do that. Okay. So, all right. So, um, you want to you want to do this part? Go ahead. Well, I put your name next. So okay, you I'll do that. So, are you tired of LCD panels messing up your duck hunt game? I know I am. Jeff Keecher, the inventor of a project called Modern Mallard, will be on twelve twenty seven. That's two weeks from today. And Brian McLeod Armitage will be back on the show as uh, one of our hosts. Nice. Hey, thanks again for listening in to the Double R's. That's Arcade Radio. Facebook Arcade Radio or ArcadeRadio.com R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com And you can always call and leave us comments and questions on the game line 612-548-GAME uh, Please you know, call us Because Zarzadek, you know, he'll call Yeah, what, somebody else needs to call I know and, and If you're not calling, follow us on Facebook Facebook.com slash Arcade Radio and Twitter nice. Twitter.com slash Arcade Radio and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's just one click. <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, Music, and SoundCloud are also available for subscription. So, oh, look, I get to say the last thing. Go for it, man. Well, that's going to be it for the show. From the Arcade Radio team, we hope you had a great time, and we'll see you next time. All the shape. Oh my gosh, I'm traumatized. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been able to stand up this whole time. Oh, thank God. Oh no. What just happened here? <laughs> We're.
Are we're, we off off the, the, we're off the air. Yeah. Okay. Darren, Darren, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just think. Well, thank just, you so much. Yeah. We like to do a little wrap up after. So thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. It was fun. Well, you know, maybe we can do it again in the future. I loved hearing about all the new products. It's actually really cool. And it's, it's, it's a great showcase and a little bit of insight into your home life and your collecting. So thanks a lot. Thanks for letting us in. Yep. Get well soon, sir. Yeah. Heal up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Ed, it up here. Ed had uh, a knee replacement literally a week before he did the show. When did you have your shoulders done? Uh, I had the first shoulder done uh, in June, and the other one October 24th. But uh, March 14th, I had uh, my seventh spinal fusion. So I've had three major surgeries this year. I hope I'm done. <laughs> shoulders are way harder than knees to deal with. The knee replacements, the recovery on those is a, a lot easier than the shoulders. So, I mean, that's a that's a tough process to go through. And Brian is our resident surgeon, orthopedic surgeon. Right. So, you know, right. Feel free to. Well, I would say uh, by far the most painful is the spinal fusion, but um, the rehab is the shoulder replacement is not the funnest. Yeah, it's you know just because of the the shoulders inherently unstable joint, so the rehab on that is tough. And you're like the bionic man for real. It is kind of ridiculous, but I, I hope I'm done. Hang in there, man. I hope so. Hope so. Thanks. You guys have a, a Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hope you guys have a great 2019. You too. Yeah, you too. Thank and you. I think I'm looking at some uh, Christmas presents for myself from your site here. <laughs> yes, I just. Oh. Yes, I may do it again. <laughs> Very cool. All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night, bye. everyone. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. People ask what kind of games I like. I say ones that break. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I have to know what you got for food. Oh, it was uh, wings, chicken okay. wings. Sweet. And they were, they're not fried. They're uh, broiled, you know, <laughs> baked. They're keto friendly. Oh, nice. I'm excited. Sweet. Eat some dead chickens now. All right. Thanks. All right. See you guys. See you in a couple of weeks. Yes.